Take a deep breath, everybody. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Adrian Mendoza, and today I have a very, very special guest. We are actually in Dallas, Texas right now, and I'd like to introduce you to Karam. You got it. Yeah. And you said, is that the first time you say it? Karam? Yeah. Yeah. Usually people always have a problem saying it. Really? Yeah. I'm like, it's so easy. It's just five letters. You just move <laughs> with the letters. So guys, we are in Dallas, Texas, and Karam Khalil right here, he's a realtor. He's been doing real estate for... For about four going on to five years. Four going on to five yeah. years. So guys, if you're ever in Dallas, Texas, just remember you're in Karam territory. This is <laughs> Karam's land. He rules. I like that. I like he rules that. Dallas, yeah. Make sure if anybody's coming out to Dallas, Texas, that they know who to reach out to, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I want to talk about like, you know, you're being, you're young, you're, mm-hmm. you've been in real estate for four and a half years. Like what's, what's your origin story for in real estate? It's crazy. I, the beginning of my journey or career, you could say is 12 years old, buying and flipping iPhones. You use iPhone? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm glad it's not Android. <laughs> I hate those green messages. <laughs> Anybody who actually has an Android green messages, I try to somehow buy them an iPhone to kind of take them out of it if I communicate with them a lot. So yeah. that's good. So I began Jeez. buying and selling iPhones up to 15 years old, 15 about 15 and two, three months in, I bought my first car because I just got tired of the flipping of phones. Mm. And I bought my first car as an Infiniti G35 Coupe in 2005. I remember like yesterday. Bought that car to just drive it and enjoy it. I made a good amount of money from flipping phones. Car was, I, I believe I paid 7500 for it. Kind of wow. put the iPhone money to that car. 15 and a half, got my permit, and then got my license real quick right after that. And I listed the car on Craigslist just for the heck of it. And I listed it for $10,000. And as I was boarding a flight to Australia, I think I was 15 and a half, almost 16 that time, uh, somebody messages me, I'm interested to buy the car. Paid 7,500, listed it for 10. How much is the profit margin on that? Almost $2,500, right? And I got that text the next day after listing it on Craigslist. So I call my brother real quick. I say, here's this guy's number, coordinate with him and let's just see what happens. He had the title and everything. I land my brother's text. I see all the texts coming in. He goes, car sold. I was like, damn it. Because I never enjoyed the car. I never got to feel it. I was 16 years old. I graduated real early, so I was going to college. And I just felt like I wanted to, you know how you just, you want to stunt at a young age. And that's really what it was for me. That car back in the day was the car. Uh And... From sixty, from fifteen to eighteen years old, just flipping cars, flipping cars, and got tired of it. Every time you got to go to the mechanic shop, you got to have someone take you back. You go buy the car. You need someone to help you bring that car back. Just a headache. So I said, what stays in one spot? Everybody has to come to contractors, whatever it might be. And the answer to that was real estate. So eighteen years old, began flipping properties, going to the auctions, and accidentally became a realtor. But ultimately, that's how I started. Wow. Yeah. Dude, so you've been, you're a hustler. Crazy journey, man. Yeah, of course, dude. What? So, shoot, damn, dude. That's that. That. Sorry, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. <laughs> I man. just dropped too much that on you at one time, dude. Like, how in the world? I mean, that's when you know. I mean, I could tell. Like, right when I when I saw your uh, you know your Instagram when I saw your first YouTube video, mm-hmm. yeah, I could just tell. Like, you have like this like like energy and like drive, and I'm like, man, that's like so inspiring. That's like, awesome. It, it scares me, though, because people look at that social media, look at my YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it might be, 
they get hyped up from it. They assume that's how my day is every day. They assume it's always drive through Chick-fil-A and drive through Starbucks. They assume it's <laughs> always closing $20,000 checks. That's what they assume. But they don't know that majority of real estate is six days of very, very low and one day of a very, very high. That's just mm-hmm. the game that you're in, right? Yeah. So it, it worries me, people messaging me, hey, I'm becoming a realtor. Hey, you inspired me. Hey, this is so, it looks so cool. And maybe 99% of people who message me that, I just already can tell they won't succeed in it just by looking at their profile, how they operate, how they talk. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a whole different game than what I post. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's not me posting this to just trick people to do it. But people want to see that. People want to see the good stuff. Rarely people want to see the bad. Yeah. The true hustlers want to see the bad, though, so they know what it looks like. You know, yeah. For example, for you, you'd want to see how the lows are so you can prepare yourself. Yeah. Majority of people, they don't want to see that. They want to just see it's easy, and that's what attracts the audience. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, like in social media, and you just put all the like really good stuff. And I think I saw a couple of posts that, you know, where you kind of like acknowledge that side of like where it's not always like this. So I, yeah. I like that you do share a little bit of that. But the majority of it is like, hey, you know, it's, and it's not really like boasting. It's just like, I mean, you've been working so long mm-hmm. for for where you're at right now. Not when either. in social media, like when did your following kind of start picking up? Is it like around a year and a half ago? I'm exactly about there. So I had an Instagram. It was my name, Chrome Khalil. Mm-hmm. And then I deleted it. I deleted my Facebook. I deleted my Snapchat. I deleted my Twitter. Everything. I, I never used Twitter, by the way. So I never really had that. Mm-hmm. I just deleted it. I think I was 18 years old when I deleted it. Was it like a like to get rid of distractions kind of it thing? Was, yeah, it was just a period. I was like, honestly, this is just wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I need to focus on flipping homes. I need to focus on building up capital. I need to focus on just all that stuff and um, deleted it. Then I found out I'm going to Dubai and I'm like, man, if I'm going to Dubai, I need snaps. I need Instagram. You're about to see Lambos. You're about to see beaches. You're about to see just all this fun stuff. Yeah. Kind of re-picked it up from there. And then you can just scroll all the way to my, my first post on Instagram uh, I think it was in 2017, and uh, that's when I took a picture in a mirror, or took a picture of my luggage saying something in Germany that I'm flying out to Dubai, which was weird. I don't know why I did that, but I did. <laughs> but <laughs> I like, did. You, like, translated your, like... It was literally post. flying out to Dubai in Germany. What the... And I don't speak German or anything. Were you, like, trying to, like, hack the algorithm there? <laughs> <laughs> that was weird, dude. <laughs> Wait, so so why were you going to, to Dubai? It was really just something with the brothers. My brothers were going. I had friends going. It... Mm. Uh, we had my brothers here, friends overseas who were just flying in there. It was winter. It was New Year's. Had an opportunity to go free of cost. Why not? And went there for seven days. If I stayed there one more night, probably would have killed myself. It was so fun <laughs> that I had to just leave. It makes no sense. But it was sometimes when you have so much fun, you just can't handle it anymore. Oh, okay. And at that seventh day, I was like, I need to get out of here. And that's when we flew out. Really? Yeah, it's... Sometimes when you get too, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but trust me, if you have too much fun, sometimes you're just like, okay, I need to just stop. It's just too much. Wow. All right. And that, and that's what it was. So the seventh day uh, came and I was like, I can't stay again. And we just flew out of there. That's really when I started. I think it's 2017. I'll have to go back and check, but it, the growth is extremely slow. Mm-hmm. When you're doing organic growth, when you're doing growth off of just people watching you, when, when you're young, when you're building yourself, when you're showing the journey, you're just documenting you're nobody, right? Yeah. So you have to build that and you have to build the trust and you have to build the audience and you have to build all that within it. So it takes a lot of time. 
and then there's points where you'll just stagnate and the only the only way to grow essentially is to get those collabs to get those bigger names to shout you out otherwise you're really just floating in the in the cloud of millions of other people just doing something like you're doing yeah you know so that's really how it is it just took a while to grow yeah no it's that's good um actually right now that you you talked about dubai going with your brother and your Mm -hmm. friends um i wanted to like touch real quick on like um kind of like your family mm-hmm. life like how is that because i know a lot of people i mean you're a young man i mean it looks like i mean it, it sounds like you know your parents kind of like let you do your thing when you were like yeah just like crazy. little little kid you know <laughs> yeah um which uh is it's awesome like you know it's it's really good and i feel like I'm, i mean i think maybe a lot of people watching this right now who would want to see your story and stuff like that they might also be in that spot where they're like pretty young mm-hmm. as well you know and you know, trying to look, look for like, you know, maybe it's real big. Like I'm about to graduate high school. Yeah. Now I'm, I need to go to college cause my parents are telling me to go to college, mm-hmm. but I really have a passion for doing this. You know, like what would you, what would you say like your family support was like, you know, family's always, they've always been supportive. I mean, when I was 12, 13, 14, up to 15, I mean, I would literally go into my dad's bedroom and it's 2am and not even his bedroom, his office. And my dad, he, he sleeps maybe three to five hours a day, oh. right? He's a teacher. So essentially he's goes to school to teach and then he comes back and then he has lectures afterwards and he's just a 24 hour man. So it would be two, 3 a.m. I go in his office. He's sitting just typing up lectures, typing up speeches, typing up whatever he's about to do for tomorrow. And I'm like, can you take me to quick trip? It's two, 3 a.m. He's like, for what? And I'm like, I need to buy some iPads. And the iPad two just came out. And whenever he took me to Quick Trip, this guy opens a trunk of, I think it was like 14 iPads, sealed, brand new. My dad sketched out, this guy is sketchy, and I'm smiling. (laughs) I'm like, I just hit the lotto. (laughs) That's literally what I thought. I was like, I just hit the lotto. The numbers are vague in my head. If I pull up my iPhone, in my notes, everything I've ever bought from the iPhone 6S to the iPhone 5 Sprint, 340 bucks, sold it for 440. It's like all documented on the phone. And if I would open it and see, it was 14 iPads somewhere around that range. They were sealed, brand new. They just came on the market. I think they were 450, 500 a piece. I paid for each one maybe 100, 150, maybe 200. And uh, I think the total buyout was like $3,000. I paid them the $3,000. The next day, the same night, I went and laid them on the floor, took pictures. And I grabbed 14 iPads and stacked it in my parents' closet because it was just too tall and it wouldn't fit in my closet. And I would just like cover them with clothes and stuff. Yeah. And then the next day came and I already had it listed on Craigslist before I slept. Somebody called, he's a wholesaler. He goes, let's meet me. I met him in the Arlington Highlands, uh, opened the trunk. It was like a, felt like a drug deal. Opened the trunk. <laughs> he looks at him and he told me he'll give me 4,500 or 4,340, some weird number like that. And I could have either made like $2,500 or a quick flip and made 1,500. Yeah. Right. I did made a quick flip. I just wholesaled it out to the wholesaler and had him deal with the rest. So it was things like that where family was supportive with it. Same thing with my brother. I walk into the room. He's watching his show. It's three, four a.m. No exaggeration. He's knocked out and I'm shaking him. Bro, can you take me to racetrack? Bro, can you take me to quick track? This is in racetrack and quick trip. We're down my house's street. And Shoot. if you're trying to sell me something or I'm trying to buy it, you're always meeting me there. Wow. Uh, 3900 South Collins Street in Arlington. I remember it because I would just blast it to people. Meet me here. You can't meet me there. I'm good. The reason why is when someone comes to you, they're not leaving until they make that sale or they make that purchase. Yeah. If you come to somebody, it's a lot harder to have that leverage, right? Yeah. You can you can tell them, okay, leave no problem. My house is down the street. For him, he has to make a trip back. 
Mm-hmm. So you have more leverage like that. I would shake my brother, would wake him up, and he'll be like about to crash in the car driving asleep, and he would take me. Wow. Family, brother, supportive, but all of them thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of them thought like something is wrong with this guy, something is wrong with this kid. And uh, it was just like that, but there was always that push. Mm-hmm. And when it came to college aspect, it's a whole nother story, man. Yeah. Like I almost dropped out. Every semester I was about to drop out, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. It's just back to back to back. I want to drop out. I don't want to continue. I was flipping houses, 20, 30, $40,000 checks. And I'm 18 years old, 19 years old. And I'm paying five, 6,000 a semester for school coming out of my own pocket. Yeah. I'm like, this is retarded. Yeah. Buying books, et cetera. Like it was just, it just made no sense. So every semester, my mentality is I'm dropping out physically. My body somehow stays. Yeah. And it's because family <laughs> is like, you're almost there. You're already finished yeah. two years. You're already finished two and a half years. You're already finished three at 10, I'm like, just get me through it. And yeah. man, did I spend a lot of money to pass yeah. these classes. Yeah. Like, I'd give someone 100 bucks to help me, 300 bucks to help me, 500 bucks to help me, 1,000 <laughs> to do this assignment. Like, I went broke just Shoot, trying to pass. Man. That's crazy. And but- there's, there's some classes that I wanted to prove to myself I could pass because mm-hmm. I was doing engineering for a couple semesters. Oh. I failed one course in engineering, which was Intro to Engineering. It's a course that weeds out engineers to see if you're really or not mm. to be an engineer. I failed that first test. And I'm like, man, Karam, you're not that stupid. You could pass it, but I had to drop the class. Then the next semester, I enrolled in the same class. I paid $1,300. Even though I knew I'm not doing engineering anymore, I took that same first test, I passed it, and then I dropped the course just to prove to myself, (laughs) which people in the same class, which are friends who were in there, like, you're stupid for that. If you're not going to do it, just don't do it. But I'm like, if I couldn't pass that test... I don't know where I would get go in life because I just felt like I'm not stupid. I'm not quitting engineering because I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm quitting it because it's just not my thing. Yeah. Right. So I lost two semesters from that. First semester was the failing class. Second semester was retaking it. Mm-hmm. And then I went and did medical. Then I went to business and I went back to engineering. It was just, it was all around. Sure. I probably lost two, three years just jumping around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm actually, it's, it's funny because I, I kind of did the same thing. Um, I was in nursing for mm-hmm. like my first two and a half years. Okay. And then I was like, that's actually when we moved to San Antonio is when I decided to change my major to business. Cause that's, you know, I was like, that is, business is where I, I think I, I belong yeah. as far as like a degree. But dude, I, it's so crazy. I relate to you like every single semester. It's just been like, this is the semester that I do it. Yeah. This is the semester <laughs> that I stop going. And actually th- this semester, finally, after five and a half years, six years of yeah. school, um, I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to take this semester off to pay off my student student loans mm-hmm. um, and then just jump back on uh, this coming semester. I have a weird take on that. It's like if when people ask, should I go to college, should I drop out, etc., um, you should only drop out of college if you have something that you're working on building and making you money. Yeah. If I'm flipping houses at 18, 19, getting a 15K check, a 20K check, a 30K check, whatever the amount might be, and that's growing, I have a valid reason to quit, yeah. to drop out. But if you're saying, I want to drop out because I don't have enough time to do my hustle or to do my thing, you're just BSing yourself. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's just a way that you want to quit and you want to get out of college. But realistically, you're not going to do anything when you do drop out. Yeah, You need to drop out only if you have something that's picking up, that's moving, and that gives you a reason. I actually tell people that college is the best thing you can do in your life because it gives you a buffer. It mm-hmm. allows your parents, it allows family, it allows people to look at you and um, not say, why, why aren't you working? Yeah, They're like, oh, he's going to college. It's cool. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when you do your side hustle. That's when you take the biggest risks. That's when you do things that you would never do if you weren't in college. So for me, that was my biggest advantage. A lot of stuff I did in college was startups, was um, creating things that I could fail high in, yeah. which I did fail in many of them. But it's okay because I was in college. Yeah, people don't you don't jump on you. Yeah, I like I like I like you said it gives you it gives you a buffer. You know, because mm-hmm. otherwise, if you just like just don't go to college just because you know you're seeing out like all these uh entrepreneurs and stuff like you know like colleges for losers like and then then they take that advice but then they're out there without even like a game plan Mm -hmm. like not doing anything and like yeah that's not that's not smart for anybody i see it all day man all day people just riding the hype people think they're entrepreneurs people are ceos people are bosses people are startup owners and how much money did you make oh we haven't generated a dollar yet you're essentially nothing then yeah. Right. And you can now in social media, you can say what you want. You can look what you want. But somebody like you, somebody like me will notice that person who's faking it, flaunting it. And they're impressing the wrong people. And that's where they don't get too far, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, so, you know, that's just how it is. The college uh, career and the college path and all that it just depends on per individual basis, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And I can talk trash about college because I graduated. So it gives me all the right to say college is not worth it or college is worth it. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like it. My degree is hanging on the wall. Sometimes I use it as a mouse pad. It's, <laughs> I'm not putting it down, but yeah, I don't need it. No, yeah. It, and that's exactly what I haven't, I haven't graduated yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to do it, you know, just to, uh, my parents really believe in education. They came from, Definitely, from yeah. Mexico mm-hmm. when they were 30 years old. New country, zero English yeah. language, like started from zero. Mm-hmm. And just like to, you know, I, I went to college with my parents. Yeah, I was six, seven years old. And really? I, was, I was going to the tutorials after their classes yeah. where like uh, it was called Aspire, um, like a bunch of, I, I guess like maybe there were like older people there, but I think also like a lot of people who just had trouble like learning. I got it. And it was kind of like a tutorial program. Um, and they would like pick us up from school and take us with them there and be there for like four to five hours every day. And, you know, so just like kind of, witnessing that firsthand like what my parents went through Mm -hmm. just to give us like you know my sister and I like a a good future like with opportunities it's like being able to live in Brownsville live in the United States you know huge and move now to San Antonio Texas like a bigger city bigger opportunities like all that started from that sacrifice that they made that makes sense what worries me the most though is that Going to college, in my opinion, and and taking student loan debt to do Mm -hmm. it, and you're planning not to use your degree, it's real worrying for me. Yeah. Right? At the same time, your parents get excited, they get happy when you graduate because now they feel there's comfort, there's security, Mm -hmm. and that's why you might want to be finishing it. But if you want them to understand and be secure and be happy with what you're doing, you got to show them results. Right? So whether you decide to drop out or you decide to stay in college, show them results before you even graduate. Show them that you're making a penny. Show them that you're making something to where they're like, okay, he did he did just drop out, but he's crushing it in real estate. He's crushing it in videography. He's crushing it in content creation. He's making a thousand a week and he would make that with his degree. Now they're happy. Now they see something happening. Yeah. People want to drop out, disappoint their parents when they don't even have anything set on the side to show them for something. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, you don't understand. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do big things. I'm going to do this. But they see nothing. You're waking up at 11 a.m. Yeah. So it doesn't work like that, right? Mm-hmm. So getting student loan debt, going to college, that's something that really does worry me, though. Yeah. Especially if you're not going to use your degree. Yeah. If you're using it, it's cool. But if you're not, 
if you're not and you're a hustler, then you got to think twice about it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you're not knowing where, what you want to do in life and you kind of feel lost and confused, it might be the way to give you that buffer so people don't say, why aren't you working or making money? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I would uh, I would double think that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I was paying it out of pocket. I was making money so I can pay it off. I wasn't taking student loan debt, right? 6000 a semester times however many, uh, I think it was six years I was in college. Shoot. Yeah, I was... I lost two years, but yeah. I graduated early, so it saved me to graduate early still, which yeah. makes no sense, but it does make sense. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you see what I'm saying? So I was, I was racking up money, just spending money on college, and it made no sense, but I just did it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, for the most part, I was able to pay for, for my classes. Mm-hmm. It's just the I think the first year that I was here, I, I only have a well, I'm only it's eleven thousand dollars. In, in student loans. It's not yeah. like something crazy, like 40000 But it. I already have... Uh, What's the interest on that? 4.28. 4.28. And one is not even getting interest yet. Mm-hmm. It's like that subsidized thing. Um, but I already have the... By November, I should be able to like take, take, take care of that. And then start this coming spring semester, I'd be able to pay for it. That's cool. Yeah. I got it. So, no, yeah. But I mean, I totally... What you just said that's perfect and i feel like that's very very a very valuable piece of advice like i think it's a good thing to maybe even you know in the case of like you have parents that are saying like you need you need a degree because it's security or you know something like they just want you to get the degree because they don't think that you can make it without a degree try to see what you want to be like this you're studying to be a teacher right look at the average monthly income Right? Definitely, yeah. And then try to see if you can get that by yourself mm-hmm. and then show your parents like, hey, look, if I if I don't get a degree, I can still make this every month. You know, but you probably want to like double that because no, it's a good know, way be, to put being it. A, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. If you can just break even on that number, break even 30,000 a year as teacher makes. And that's more than enough just to show your parents. This is my degree. This is what I'm going to get. I don't want to do it. I'm making X amount of money a month already doing this. Yeah. So it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Show results. That's all it is. That first house that I purchased at 18 years old, parents were crying. What did you just buy? This house is a dumpster, trash in every room up to here from an auction. I had no clue what's inside of it. And I was just smirking. Because when I would flip cars, I would flip a car that looks like trash to making it look pretty. Spending Mm -hmm. 20 bucks. One guy came to the racetrack one day. I made him drive an hour and a half in a Dodge Ram. (laughs) It's a 1997 Dodge Ram. He drove an hour and a half down, and he texted me before he came. He goes, bro, please guarantee me you're going to buy this car. There's ants in it, and they're biting me all around. (laughs) He landed. As soon as I saw him, he opens the door, jumps out, and just hits himself, dropping everything (laughs) off of him. I'm talking ants were chewing him. I looked, and he wanted for that car 1200 I was like, there's two ways you have to look at something. Screwing someone over is not right, Uh and then you have to also look at the business aspect. Definitely. business aspect this guy is not taking that damn car back he is not about to get bit all the way back and not selling it i knew if i gave him 20 bucks he's taking it you know what i'm saying <laughs> i knew he's letting this car go and what happened was i offered him at the end 600 dollars. he's like come on man come on do 800 800 i was like 600 for a man this car's got ants in it damn. he sold it i went home i sprayed all the ant spray in it closed up the windows next morning was clean vacuumed it all listed it for i think it was 1800 got 1500 moved to the next right so 
it was it's just all about making something ugly to pretty so that yeah. first flip i did when i saw it was trash and the carpet and the paint it was beautiful for me because i was mm-hmm. like that's just touch-up cosmetics yeah. it's nothing and made that repair made the flip and then move forward and that's when parents were like okay he's on to something yeah you know and that's when it kind of picked up from there yeah actually i have a question from someone who uh on instagram mm-hmm. um had a question when i put that on my story nice and and he's actually a friend of ours actually her co-worker that <laughs> asked so it's funny his name's jp he asked shout out to jp right shout out to jp oh i know a jp he used to be in my brokerage Really? Yeah, JP. Nice. He knows it if he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> so he asked, um, how did he get start? How did you get started? What was your first investment deal? Mm-hmm. How did you find and fund your first deal? That's a question that so many people wonder and so many people ask. And it's a little bit complicated, but I'm going to simplify it real quick. The first investment property I got was for $105,000. It was from the auction. It has to be paid out cash. So people are like, how do you get the cash? How do you make the cash? How did you raise it? What did you do? Mm-hmm. And $105,000. The rehab was about $18,000. So I think I was all in that house, one twenty-five, one one thirty between there. I listed it for one sixty-five. So the margins, you can just run the numbers like that. Um, the way that money was raised was by leveraging my money. At 18 years old, I believe I had about $21,000, and that was everything I had. And I had also a BMW. I think it was $15,000. I bought cars I liked, and I would flip them after six months. Yeah. I would just enjoy them and then flip them, buy the next one. I only bought cars I liked, and I would make two, three k on a flip. But I didn't. I started to kind of lose motivation for flipping cars, so I just bought things I like. It got boring. You know what I'm saying? I got yeah. bored. I, I get bored a little bit too quick. Yeah. <laughs> But that I used that $21,000 that I have to raise the $105,000. When I buy a house from the auction, it's about 70 cents on the dollar. So if the house is 100000 I buy it for 70 mm-hmm. right? So worst scenario, you can almost always break even if you got something for 70 cents on the dollar. So the pitch to the investor, which was in the inner circle of my life, I always tell people, start with your inner circle, start with your family, then start with a little bit more out of there than your family's friends, and then push out to strangers. But ultimately, start in the inner. And it came from the inner circle. And and the pitch was the hundred five thousand dollars. I'm buying the house at seventy cents on the dollar. It's worth one sixty five. I'm buying it for one oh five, right? And if I were to lose any money on it, you have my twenty one thousand dollars to back it up. Whatever you lose, no way it's gonna be that much, right? Mm-hmm. So that twenty one thousand dollars that I had was to fund any losses that were to happen. And that's how it gave the confidence to get that money to be able to go make that deal happen. And at the end of the day, you got an asset, you got a property, you have real estate. Mm-hmm. No matter what, if it's a house standing up, you can always rent it, you can always sell it, you can always do something. Yeah. So it made it just made sense overall. Mm-hmm. From that first flip, connected with another person who was my business partner in my first startup. Um, he had connections with his families. Uh, his dad was the news reporter, so his dad knew a lot of top tier people. Those top tier people wanted to get on the news reports, on the newspapers, so they would help his son, which I was his partner, which helped us raise a couple another hundred thousand dollars. It's all with who you know. It's all yeah. with who you connect with. Yeah. You can't go, we're in the Hilton Hotel right now. You can't go downstairs and talk to a random person and say, I want to raise 500K from you. <laughs> you got to start with someone who's seen your face before, right? Yeah. If this is my first time seeing you now, I'm like, hey, I've seen Adrian before. He just messaged me. He wants $30,000 to do something. Mm-hmm. Will I say yes? Will I say no? It depends, but I know I've seen you at least, got to know you. So there's something that opened with us. Yeah. People go and they say, I don't have any connections. I don't have any family. I have nothing around me to do it. 
that's tough then. Then you just got to raise your own money or you got to find connections or you got to network. There's no secret of how you got to do it. Mm -hmm. You just now got to hustle 10 times harder than me who already had that inner circle as I was growing up from the people I communicated with from my early on flips. Yeah, And it's still something that you you cultivated. You know, it's not just like, ah, well, he had one already. It's like, oh, no, I mean, no. you've, you've been doing all this since you were like 12. No, in order know? to get that first investment, I had to show all the iPhones I flipped. I had to show the profits I was making. I had to show the cars I was flipping. I maybe flipped over 50 cars within a three-year span. I'm not even a dealer, so that's just nuts. Yeah. And uh, I had to show all of that. Mm-hmm. Then I had to show my $21,000 as a leverage for them. Then at the end, it was like, okay, and it was still a huge risk. Mm-hmm. And that's why the parents were crying when they walked in, like, what the hell did you just buy? You're about to get in the hole. And for me, I was smirking. I was like, this is awesome. Wow. I knew I'm coming out to win. I knew I was going to make money. I knew that nobody saw what I saw. Yeah. And that was a day that when I did that flip and that check came in, it's like showing the parents, now they like you, now they want a couple thousand from it, and now you're good. Yeah. And you just keep moving from there. And and that wasn't the fr- that wasn't that first flip wasn't the one that you documented on YouTube like your first video right or was it that one? It might have been that one. It might have been, oh, okay, it, cool. it have been that one because when I f- first made the purchase, it was in December. It was yeah, I bought it from the auction December something, December seven is on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I sold it when I was in March, March April. So I turned nineteen right before I sold it. So it was like within those ranges. You know what I'm saying? So I was 18 and sold it at 19 because it takes time to sell. And I got screwed the first one because the first one I signed with a person who's buying, it was FHA loan. FHA is basically the federal housing and you have to have title in your personal name for three months before you could flip it. Mm. Versus conventional loan, I could flip it to you the next week. So I signed a contract with an FHA buyer that had to hold the property for three months to pay property taxes, insurance, uh, landscape, and all that for three months. And it took me out of pocket. The problem was my realtor didn't know because she never dealt with investors. And Mm. um, it kind of put me in the hole for, I think it was like a thousand or two. But that's that's how it happened. That's why it took longer to sell because I was in contract the first week, but it was a three-month out contract. And nobody knew Hmm. until we came to closing and they said, you can't close. Wow. I'm like, damn. Shoot. Wow, that's actually, I mean, a pretty good point. Um, In case anybody that's watching hasn't already seen Karam Khalil's YouTube channel and you know, his, his Instagram and everything, but especially on his YouTube channel, if you go like all the way down to the first video, you see like a very, very, like very well put step by step on the, on a flip on a house, you know, from like day one going in, seeing everything like analyzing, like, I think we got to change that. We got to change that, you know, all this stuff. It's going to look like this. And then he, you know, shows you. I, I loved, I, I love seeing like the whole process, like yeah. the cement and all that stuff. Dude, so. I, I dreamt when I was starting to see that. So when I, when I dreamt, like I'm getting into real estate, I'm about to do auction, I'm about to flip. There was realistically no videos out there. Yeah. At the not quality, but at the that made sense. People have 30 minute videos and they tell you like one tip within the 30 minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, there's nothing like that. So I was like, let me just document as exactly. I'm doing it and see how it comes out. If you want to flip and you watch my videos, you will learn how to flip. It's that easy. I made a video of me flipping that first property and I explained exactly how it went and how everything processed through, Mm -hmm. you know, so I do it because I wish that it was there for me when I was starting. And that's really why. Exactly. Is that, is that like the approach? Um, I kind of want to talk about like, you know, the way you branded yourself, Mm -hmm. like what's the approach? Like what was the, the first thing that made you, you know, think like, Hey, I I think I want to document what I'm doing I think it might get some attention I think some people would want to learn from me 
Yeah. It's the weirdest thing to say. I am the most introverted person on earth. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Introverted with my personal life. Yeah. My just me myself. I'm an extrovert, but personal life. I never shared anything I did from 12 years old to about 18. I never talked to anybody on what my personal investments were, what my flips were. None of that. Right. So the first video I made was the scariest video on earth. Louisiana, Baton Rouge, in a hotel just like this. And I stood right in front of the in front of the window. I had a Canon G7X. Flipped the camera, and I made that first video. And that first video was just like welcoming to the world type of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there, it was just, it was crazy because I never shared what I do. I was always just doing it myself. I was a solo player, never built a team, nothing. It was just me. If I can't do it, I won't do it. And uh, ultimately, that's the branding that you're talking about. It's barely just now coming in. Yeah. Because in the beginning, it was just, let me just document what I'm doing. Let me just put out what I'm doing. Somebody will catch on to it. It's cool. It's a reference for me. And I knew if I made these videos and I didn't put them on YouTube, I wouldn't even edit them. What YouTube forced me to do was edit them in nice sequence mm -hmm. versus me just dropping it in a file, right? So yeah. that's what also helped me do those videos. But I've been on YouTube for maybe four years, mm -hmm. strong and actually doing it for maybe eight months, yeah. right? Four years, I was doing it the first year. I would do it for six months. I would quit for three. I would come back for two. I'd quit for five. Come back for one. I'd quit for two. Just on and off, on and off, nothing serious. And then when I started to focus these past eight months, growth is extremely slow, mm -hmm. but it's very consistent. It's moving. It's getting, it's it's now just pushing out there. And that's as the brand starts to transition, the brand starts to kind of realize itself. People worry. People want to get it so quick, so early on, yeah. but they don't understand that. It takes a long damn time. Mm -hmm. If you hit one video that goes viral, you're only going to get a couple hundred subs. You're yeah. not going to just explode. You have to continuously do that over and over and over and the brand will follow as you start to learn yourself a little bit more. Every day I learn myself, and I'm sure you do the same. And, and everybody watching, I'm sure they do the same as well. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's, um, in these past eight months, what is it that kind of like, you know, what, what made you push a little bit more? And actually, you know, the other day um, I saw in your story, uh, KMG coming yeah. soon, Karam Media Group. That's that's, that's kind of scary how you guessed it. <laughs> that's really scary how you guessed it. But it's it's my last name. It's Khalil Media Group, and oh, okay. um, basically, it's creating a media group that's that's gonna be able to represent my personal brand. It's gonna be its own entity. It's gonna be its own thing. It's gonna be um, Jesse, who's basically the one who's the head of that entire media group, mm -hmm. and he's basically gonna just lead that company, which is what it's going to be. And he's just gonna lead it. He's gonna document what I'm doing at the same time. He's going to create something to where other content creators are going to be like, they want to outsource from KMG because that team is just is just crushing it. Yeah. But ultimately, it's for the personal brand. And as it grows, it grows. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, that's really what that is right there. Nice. And and so these past eight months, you know, you've, you've decided, you know what, I'm going to put work into, you know, put more content out there, more information, add more value to anybody who's watching, anybody who's following, you know, have like, you know, guests on my show, you yeah. know, like people like Ben his last name Wegman. Yeah. yeah. Wegman. What do you yeah. think it was? Yeah. I, I thought maybe it might be like Wegman or something. Like it was like German. No, nah, no, nah, it's Ben Wegman. Yeah. Ben Wegman. Yeah. That the last eight months for me have been. Uh, I have a reason in a way and a position to now make videos. Before, when I was making videos, it was about what. I didn't know. I was still trying to find out what am I making videos for? Is it for investors? Is it for people who just want to know about real estate? Is it for flippers? Is it for wholesale? I just didn't know. The day I became a real estate agent, which was about nine months ago, 10 months ago, it became a lot more clear. 
like now I can position myself to where I can I can talk to people who want to know real estate, people who want to know real estate agent life, and talk about the entrepreneurship portion of it as well. So the past eight months was now I got something I can brand myself around. Now let me hammer it hard and, and show people what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So so barely nine months ago. Uh, yeah, about you- um, January is when I December twenty two. So just January. Shoot. Wow. January is when I started officially. Yeah. Wow. Right. And that happened by accident. So it was, I was sitting on a closing table just like this. It was me. It was who is now my client. He was an investor. I helped mm-hmm. him buy a piece of land that he was just interested in. His communication was off. So he just didn't know how to communicate too well. He's not from here. He's not local. So I just talked to the broker direct. We ended up going to the title company. We're closing it. It's me. It's him. It's a title lady. He goes, this is great. I'm the investor. We have a developer and you're a real estate agent. And I'm like, crap, I'm not a real estate agent. <laughs> and I didn't tell him that. He assumed I was. I made no commission, no money, nothing. I just did yeah. it to build that relationship, which is what I preach a lot, free work. Yeah. I worked with this guy, another guy, for about three years, not making a penny. But they built homes, they invested, and I learned from all of that, which was worth money for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that same day, I went and I signed up for an online course. I finished the course in two to three weeks, failed the test five times, got my license. I wow. just kept taking the test until I could pass it. The lady was like, Karam, you've been here. <laughs> the lady was like, Karam, you've been here too much. Can you just please pass this test? Jeez. I was like, I'm coming next time and I'm going to study for an hour and watch me pass it. Studied an hour, just literally opened the book and I said, I'm going to do it. And I went in and I passed it. Uh-huh. And before I was just trying to wing it. Yeah. I spent like three, four, five hundred bucks just trying to wing it like an idiot. Yeah, because it's like $54 mm-hmm. every time. And then I had to actually, I failed it three times. I had to oh, retake had the to course. Retake 30. I was yeah. Like, no way. But I would autoplay it on my phone. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought I knew it because I did auction before, which is reading title, learning all that, mm-hmm. the jargon and stuff. So I just assumed that I knew it. And ultimately, I didn't because I failed the test five times. The first time I passed the national, which is 80 questions, I yeah. failed the state, which is 30. Mm. Then failed the state another four times. Just annoying contract words. Shoot, man. Yeah, trick questions is what yeah. they do all day. <laughs> they just try to trick you. Wow. So nine months. So as a realtor, you're you're... You know, you're, you're fairly new being a realtor, but you've already been doing all yeah. this real estate background, which puts you at a really great spot. Already. Yeah, as a realtor, I, I hired a realtor to do the first three, four years of my investments. And mm-hmm. um, I, being a real estate agent, residential mm-hmm. is so damn easy. Yeah. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. It's so easy because it's, if you're on the sales side, take a picture of the property, you sign the contract with the with the seller, you list it on the market, you email blast a little bit, you make a flyer, you do open houses, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Commercial is a different animal. That's and, true. and that's really what I focus on. Maybe 90% of my business is commercial. Because oh, really? I'm, residential is just, I'm not, I do flips on houses, that's cool, but not as a real estate agent. I, I can't stand doing open houses. I can't stand having to deal with emotion, somebody crying, I want to sell this house to buy a new, prettier house. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But I care when it comes to numbers, investments, cap rates, et cetera, for commercial. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's if you're doing residential real estate, in my opinion, it's so easy. All it is is just hustle, yeah. which is hard. Yeah. But that's easy in the terms of actually doing the work. Yeah. You know, so that's that's really what it is. Yeah, just how I was like mentioning it to you before we started recording on like what kind of got me little interested in, in doing yeah. real estate. Like I was just helping my parents find tenants, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just simple like take pictures. I had like the photo video experience take pictures, put them on Zillow, put my number there. And like, you know, people just you know, like text me, Hey, like, can I go see oh, it? And I'm it's, like, it's, if you list the house for the right price, you're going to sell. Yeah. If you list it too much, you're going to have to explain to the clients why it's not selling. 
There's, it's not it's not rocket science. On you just literally break down what's going on with this property. Yeah. And you know, people like it. People love it. People have a passion for it. And people, some people just don't want to do that. And mm. for example, me, that's why I transitioned to commercial. To commercial. My first listing was a commercial building, really? which is yeah, it was a huge sixteen thousand square foot shopping center, which is what got me to become a real estate agent because the client who I helped buy the land was like list my uh, shopping center. I'm about to finish building it. Mm. That got me to get my license, and then uh, from there, it just kind of started picking up. Wow. So, just want to give like a, a very you know, random personal loss. Um, last summer, I was uh, filming a, I got hired to film a wedding in, in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado. Well, actually, Aspen. And wow, I'm going there in two weeks. Really? Four or three weeks. Shoot. Something like that. Nice. Nice. Oh. Just vacation or it, business? Essentially, yeah. Like a group of friends would a group of friends just sent out that it's his birthday. He's oh. getting married in a month oh, shit. and he's like, Hey, let's just go for the bachelorette, which is oh, just like a joke. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, it's a good excuse for me. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I'm good. like, book it. And my, I hate booking flights, finding where to go, finding where to vacate, finding what to, I just like to follow someone. <laughs> I like to follow Same. someone, be on my phone doing work and then just tell me where to go. Tell me where to eat. If you ask me, I just don't know. So when they took charge and they did, I was like, here's my credit card info just run whatever it needs to run from my side nice. i'll like, let's just go nice just yeah. it's two days so yeah we won't die we'll yeah good. <laughs> so so um i went there last summer i uh you know got all my gear i always double check that i have my gear but on that trip <laughs> i figured you know what i'm gonna take my my macbook just yeah you know, just in case I get bored in the hotel, which there's never even time. Like, there's never downtime. Always, I take my laptop in hotels. I never open it. Re- yeah. It's so, so weird. <laughs> or I always take my camera with me. If I'm going for a two-day trip, I never vlog. Really? I'm just like, okay, I wasted Shoot. it. Yeah, because, I mean, now it's just real easy. Like, uh, if anything significant happens, I got my phone. Exactly. Right? So, I took my MacBook. I used it just once. Like, mm-hmm. literally, I think it was to, like, send an email or something. Like, something super insignificant. I get home back home in San Antonio after the wedding, after the flight, my Mac, my MacBook is gone. I just, I have no recollection. I know that they always like ask to take it out because it's got to go through like a separate screening. And then I just have no memory of like, you know, was it in my backpack or did I turn around somebody take it out? I I don't know, you know? And so that was, I'd had that MacBook. That was like my workhorse. It's gone. It's gone, yeah. Oh my god! And um, I I didn't know what happened to it, and my my parents just kept asking me for like weeks, like, but do you think you might have, you know, like it just for <laughs> like days and weeks after, and I was just like, I I took it as lost already, like it's gone to me. It's gone. Like it's it's gone. I'm not even thinking about it anymore. Like it only took two days where I was like, that really sucks. Yeah. But then after that, I was just like. It's gone. What like, are you going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, and, and, and my parents were the ones who kept like, but maybe you could still call. And yeah, maybe they're still I, like, a, I'm like, that. I don't even want to. Yeah. Like, and, and it would like frustrate or like maybe annoy me a little bit because I was just like, I'm already even like, I probably already stopped thinking about it. Now you made me like remember, you know. Um, but so I want to talk about, you know, th- that was like, for me, that was like, and I think I bought it at like 1750 something. Like I bought it refurbished. Um, it's still expensive. Yeah, it's still expensive. So, you know, that to me is like, it's it was a pretty big financial loss. I want to maybe ask like, you know, as far as losses for you, like, mm-hmm. do you have one that's like super memorable that you're never going to forget never about? Never going to forget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my brother's washing his car. Mm-hmm. He calls me and when, when, when you're in DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth, oh. and there's an iPhone, an iPad or anything electronic for sale, I'm on speed dial. 
You right. call me. That's the first person going to buy it out from you. Yeah. My brother's washing his car. He sees two people washing their car vacuuming as well. Hey, bro, you trying to buy an iPad? Hey, bro, you trying to buy a MacBook? They had both. My brother looks. He goes, uh, no, but my brother buys this stuff. Let me call him. Calls him. They both show up to the house. The guy shows up to the house. He's in like a, I think it's a Ford Explorer or something. He pulls up on the side of the curb. I go to the window of it. I'm walking out like I'm excited. I'm about to buy a great deal. And he's he's sitting in the first seat, in the, and then he has somebody in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. The passenger seat guy is showing me it from the passenger side, but I'm on the driver's door. And I'm like, let me get the iPad and MacBook so I can look at it. And he goes, no, no, it's right here. And it was beautiful sealed. I mean, it was glowing. I just saw thousands of profit. And he's he wouldn't give me it. And I'm like, I'm right here. If I'm going to run, you just open the door and run after me. My house is right here. Right? Yeah. He wouldn't give me it. And then I kind of had to jerk it away from him. Jerked it away from him. And, and one rule is when you take it out of the plastic, you just lose a lot of money. You yeah. want to keep it brand new, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't take it out the plastic. I looked, flipped it. It was fully loaded with everything that it needs. And iPad was there. MacBook was there. It was brand new. And I, I think I gave him $800 or $1,300, something like that. But it was an easy $3,500 sale, mm-hmm. like a flip. As soon as he drove off, he, I, he took it from him, paid him. He took off. And then I, I walked to the mailbox and I'm like, screw it. Let me just open it. I open it and... Whenever I take off the lid, it was a damn brick. No way. I swear to God, I'm not even exaggerating. It was a damn brick. What? I was like, okay, the MacBook's a brick, but the iPad's something good. <laughs> I go open the Mac, the iPad, the same exact thing. Perfectly sealed, perfectly specced out. One was like uh, something gigahertz, and the other one had gigabyte. Like, it was all written on there. I look at it. I look at my brother. I laugh. And I toss it in the recycle bin, and I walk in the house. My brother's face turned red. He was, my brother is swole. He jumps in the car. He goes, I'm about to do something to these guys. And I'm like, bro, I don't, I'm the one who bought it and I don't even care. (laughs) Right. When I get, when I lose money, I laugh and Mm -hmm. I toss it away and I walk away. That's it. I don't care because that was the best experience. My mistake, I should open it. My brother's like, you idiot. You should have opened it. You should have checked. You should have. I was like, this is what you don't do. You don't open something when you're about to flip it and yeah. it looks brand new. Yeah. That's the last thing I'm going to think. So he felt bad because he brought them to me. Oh, okay. Brang isn't even a word. People keep telling me it's brought, but he brought them to me. Okay. Brung, yeah. brought. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but he brought them to me yeah. and he felt bad. He tried to go after them. I was like, it's not even worth it. He just stopped the car and he was just pissed off. Yeah. And I was just cool. I tossed it in the, in the recycle bin and I yeah. walked off. How old is that? Maybe 16 Shoot. something like that so my sister asked um what inspires you every day it's such a hard it's such a hard answer mm-hmm. because every single day is a different vibe i'm still looking what's that motivation what's that inspiration what's that thing that's pushing me what is my direction where is where am i headed right so I'll have days 5 a.m. sharp. I'm awake like a hawk. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to hustle. Days 7 a.m. hits, 8 a.m. hits, 9 a.m. hits, 10 a.m. hits. I'm like, what do I do? I have no tasks. I have nothing to work on. And it's it's those dead days, those dead moments. Like I told you in real estate, you'll have days where you can literally be in bed till 12 p.m. And you're just sitting there with no calls. And then at 1 p.m., your phone explodes from calls. Deals close that you never thought would close. Things happen that you never thought would happen. But the inspiration part is just my myself. Always my drive was from personal self. Knowing mm-hmm. that when I see other people doing it, I'm like, man, Carl, I'm like, with, with full humbleness, 
like you're so much better, you're so much more capable, you're so much more able. Like, why wouldn't you have that? Why wouldn't you be in that position? Why wouldn't you set you up for that? So it's it's just a personal talk every single day. I inspire me, and it's weird to say there's nothing out there that inspires me more than myself, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what makes me push every single day. Yeah, I hold myself accountable too high. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday. It was a close friend. He goes, "Karam, like you need to just take a step back and." and kind of recalculate what you're doing. He goes, you you hold yourself way too damn accountable for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He goes, like, you, you're, it's not just somebody telling you this, it's yourself telling you this, like, you need to really be careful and, and not do that because you will end up losing motivation, you'll end up losing drive and stuff. He kind of made me relook at things. Yeah. I hold myself accountable too high and expect too much for myself, which could sometimes hit you. But, but then people think that you're not enjoying it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that's the thing that um, a lot of people who don't have that set of eyes for what you're doing specific especially like no one's gonna know your life right yeah but especially like you know i i rarely like to use the word entrepreneur just because you know the whole like uh inflation of the word you know i I don't like saying (laughs) like i'm an entrepreneur or i hustle even though like it's it's all right you know like that that really is the definition but you know so that's why I kind of wanted to preface that because I'm about to say it. Like being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have the vision for what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're you're hard on yourself for that, right? And nobody else is going to be able to see that. Like, you know, that's why people might think, you know, you hold yourself like, you know, too high. You know, yeah, you set yourself right. the bar really high. But that's just, that's just the way it should be, you know? Definitely, but yeah. then people are going to look at you and be like, Hey man, like, you know, you got to take it easy on yourself. Don't go, don't go too hard on yourself. You're, it looks like you're not enjoying it. And it's funny because it might look like it because damn it, I didn't make it. Or like yeah. that negotiation, I said that one wrong word and mm-hmm. it blew everything off. You still made, you're still doing really good. But then like, it's just things like that, that they just kill you. Um, but it's just, I mean, without that, like, you know, what would be the point of it? That's, that's a great way to put it. When he was telling me that stuff, in my mind, I was like, he's right. But look what his stance is. Look at my stance. I have to be this way for what I'm trying to accomplish, exactly. what I'm trying to do, where I'm trying to go. So I took what he said, respected it, kind of actually looked myself in the mirror and said, okay, what can you adjust and kind of calm down on a little bit to allow you to focus more on this? And it helped. But at the same time, the accountability still has to be there at a very, very high level to where I'm trying to go. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, I have to be on top of myself more than anybody else out there. There's no kind of taking it back or taking it a little bit easy. Mm-hmm. And it's just good to sometimes see the average person's mindset because it puts you in perspective to know you're holding yourself at this level because of where you're positioning yourself. For me, what what's fun is what we're doing right now. Yeah. This stuff. Sharing experiences, sharing failures, sharing successes, inspiring, motivating. Like you could put me in front of a stage and I'll talk like a machine. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun for me, yeah. right? And all the behind the scenes of what I'm doing is to lead to that, which is going to be the fun time, which to get to that fun time, you got to go through the, the bad times. You got to go through the low points and et cetera, right? So yeah. this is fun for me. Like if you say, hey, what's going to be fun for you on a Sunday podcasting or making a video or something that's fun like i get hyped up for it i get somebody who watches this video who's been in my position who's experienced what i'm experiencing or what i did experience it's going to change their damn life right especially if you're going to college especially if you were in those positions it's the hardest thing 
18 years old, making money, looking looking at a white wall at 3 a.m. Like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. That's literally what happened to me many, many, many nights. Mm-hmm. 19, what am I doing with my life? 20, what am I doing with my life? 19 years old was the best year of my life. From working hard to growing to aspiring to building. I had a startup at that time. Winning competitions. All of that was the best time of my life. 2021 was just so much confusion. 18, so much confusion. 22 right now, just clearing up some confusion. It's not that black and white. It's not that clear. It's not that easy. And what people show you online is so scary because it's all fake. Yeah. 99.9% is fake. And on my and Instagram especially, I always try to reiterate, stop looking at what you see. It's fake. It's just people posting things. It's just those ads of someone making 500K a day. Mm-hmm. He might be making that. There's 7 billion people in the world, though. Don't, com- don't compare to this guy. Yeah. Don't think you're behind. Don't think you're making mistakes. And on my Instagram bio, I changed it recently. I just put on the top, enjoy the journey. Yeah. And I say that not for you. I say that for me. Because mm-hmm. I had a moment where I wasn't enjoying the journey. I was trying to do things too fast, too quick, um, too much. And mm-hmm. now I'm taking it back to just enjoy what's happening. Enjoy that phone call. Enjoy that meeting. Enjoy that deal. Enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And eventually it'll it'll lead up to something. That's just how I look at it. So um, to answer your question, I don't know where I just went with that, but, you know, that's where it is. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean that that is definitely like, I mean... I mean, I could say like what makes me happy. I'm like sometimes maybe eating a donut makes me happy. You know, there's like a lot of like little small yeah. things that I'm like brings a smile to my face. For me, shooting uh, a three pointer and making a swish, I get so happy from that. For me, uh, on if if we have a group of 20 friends, say let's all go play football, and I'm yeah. playing wide receiver, that makes me extremely happy. But it's rare to happen. It's yeah. very rare, especially as everybody gets busy and older. Yeah. But ultimately, what makes me happy is what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. And I enjoy it. Yeah, and, like, and this is not work for me right now. Yeah. You yeah. make sense? No, yeah, no, totally. I mean, like, when I, you know, I was like, hey, you know what, like, four-hour drive to Dallas, you mm-hmm. know, just to just to get to talk with this guy. Like, that that is going to be so worth it. Like, I mean, there's, like, content that's going to be able to come out of it, a connection, um, relationship. I respect like, that so much, you making yeah. the trip out here. When you, just you, just seeing that ambition in you, like, this guy's about to come from San Antonio, he's about to drive out here, about to get a hotel, not a motel, you came in Hilton, top tier, <laughs> nothing better than that. Uh, when when that happens, it gave me a sense of, you, I, I re, uh, re-saw my bio, enjoy the journey. And as I was driving here with Jesse, I was like, this guy's impressive. He's coming to do an interview. At the same time, got a very nice hotel. At the same time, coming out with his girlfriend. At the same time, saying, I'm going to enjoy Dallas and see the views and see what it has and explore it. That's fun. Yeah. And at the same time, work. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. But at the same time, you're exploring, you're enjoying, and you're experiencing. Yeah. You'll never get these days back. This trip that you just did, will impossible to forget. Mm-hmm. Especially 30 years down the line, you will remember. I made a trip. I interviewed this one guy. Where is this one guy at in life now? How are things? Relationship building. And you being a realtor coming up, that's gold to be able yeah. to build relationships. Who do I know in San Antonio right now? That's a real estate agent. Maybe I don't know, but what if I have a client who wants to build or wants to do something? Yeah. I have a client right now building in Austin. Nice. But I don't have a realtor in Austin, so I have to either drive there or I have to refer it out. Yeah. But now if I know you in San Antonio, I call you and say, hey, I want you to do this deal. I can't yeah. help him out. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I just knew, like, and, and you know, you can ask Mary, like, yesterday we were having fun and kind of like going around. I saw your, your interview with Ben, and mm-hmm. you mentioned that the gallery was your favorite. 
yeah. right? And then he was like, no, I like North Park. And it's yeah. funny because I kind of chose this hotel because uh, there's, you know, my, my, my girlfriend was saying like, oh, maybe we can go to a mall. And I was like, there's two. But I've heard from Karam that the Galleria oh is the best God. one. So I was like, so let's just get the one in front of the Galleria. That's hilarious. And then it's actually funny. I just want to share real quick. Like we were going to maybe film somewhere where it wouldn't have been like, you know, like a little more like that conference room. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was able to mention, like, hey, maybe we could film here. Maybe a little bit of a nicer. Is, with yeah, this, is this no, a nicer I, I like this a lot more. Oh. That one, This one has more touch to it. Yeah. And, like and it. so that worked out perfect. And, I mean, the gallery is, gallery is right here. Yeah, um, North Park is, uh, it's a cool mall, but you, you're going in there, you have to have $10,000. Oh, Galleria, so. you can go and spend a couple bucks, enjoy, oh, kick okay. back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's so, levels to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so, like, we were yesterday, you know, we were having fun. We were going out and, you know, trying a bunch of places. But, you know, my girlfriend was still able to see my, like, bit of stress, you know, that I had, like, you know, getting everything ready for today, you know. But it's, like, stress, but I'm, I I was still enjoying myself. Yeah. I, I was, like, a little slightly stressed, but I was still, like, you know, I was, like, yeah, I'm having a good time. Like, I, I told her, like, this is, like, a really great night we're having. Yeah. Even though in the back of my mind, I just, because, you know, this it's not like if it, it's not like this is just, like, boom, pop them up, pop them up. Oh, That's no, it. You no. know, there's, like, a like a whole there's a whole visual the whole presentation all yeah. preparation it's so stressful when you're interviewing someone yeah. on my channel you see it I interview a yeah. ton of people to get interviewed I always say man these guys have it so easy <laughs> the worst type of interviews I've had is when I had to send the person the question Oh, I hate doing that because yeah. when you send someone the question, they prepare for it. Mm-hmm. They answer like robots. Scripted. That's why for you, I was just like, I'm coming through. I'm going to talk to you. Whatever question you have, throw at me because it comes from experience. It doesn't have to come from writing it down before I come. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot less stressful for me. I just have to show up yeah. for you. It's you got to prepare. Yeah. No. You know? So, but I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I just messaged you on Instagram. I was yeah. like, Hey man, like the craziest thing, would you be down? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, Okay, I was like, so now I got it. You know, I was like, You're I can't like, just okay. say like, oh, never mind. I live four hours. You know, I was just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. But dude, like, appreciate the openness. Appreciate Definitely. you taking the invite. And I mean, this was really insightful. And I I'm hope glad. it can, yeah, I hope it can provide value to anybody watching. Um, you know, I'm gonna put your Instagram. Like, if you guys want to check out Karam's stuff, follow him on Instagram. And YouTube, anything else that, you know, people... Those are, those are primary. Primary. Primary, yeah. yeah. Instagram is shorter clips of YouTube, and YouTube is just the, you know, the longer version, whether it's personal videos or interviews. But exactly. I, I ask questions in interviews that people like you and I would want to know yeah. from people who are just crushing the game. So mm-hmm. people get a lot of value from that. Yeah. Cool, man. So thanks for coming out. And no problem, man. I appreciate it. It's great it was fun hopefully we'll do a lot more than the, uh, a lot more coming out our way and also thank you for making this whole trip from san antonio to here you're a beast man keep it up pleasure man you got it brother yes sir thank you awesome